there's this word that I really hate. It's like a curse word to me, but it's called balance. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Megan Clark was introduced to us by Lindsay Phillips from show number 122. Meg Clark is the owner and founder of Clapping Dog Media, where she is a master at growing organic traffic. By using data, proven techniques and years of experience, Meg and her team help to turn web visitors into raving fans that stick around. Meg is a passionate cheerleader for business. She teaches entrepreneurs how they can harness the power of Google so they can make a large impact on the world. When she's not learning the ins and outs of the latest algorithm update, Meg is enjoying playing with her three boys, husband and golden doodle, and company mascot named Vader. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Megan Clark of Clapping Dog Media. Welcome Megan, thanks for joining me. Wonderful, thank you so much for having me. Lovely, so start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. Yeah, well, my name is Meg Clark, and I am in Northern Virginia um, in a suburb of outside of Washington, D.C., and I'm a mom to three boys and wife to my husband, uh, Mike, and I have a business called Clapping Dog Media where I help creative entrepreneurs be found by Google. Oh, lovely. So that's going to be a really good topic for today. Um, but before that, you mentioned your sons and your son. You didn't mention your dog. And obviously your business is called Clapping Dog Media. And yes. I saw on your bio that your dog is quite important to you. So tell us more about the dog. <laughs> yes, I have a I have a fluffy black golden doodle. And we have named him Vader because my three boys love Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but yes, my business was actually named for my previous dog, who was a um, before I had before I had kids in the house. I just it was just me and my dog Stella. And when I would do work, I'm I'm very I get very excited and I'm a very optimistic person. So whenever you know a good email would come in or I would do something that I was excited about, I would clap. And it got to the point where Stella was so excited about me clapping that she would jump out from under the table and under my desk and wag her tail. And it was just this wonderful little like happy dance that we would do together. So I named the business Clapping Dog Media for that. And um, Stella died a couple of years ago and um, we waited a little bit, but now we have Vader, the fluffy golden doodle. <laughs> so I, I do really love dog. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. Such a cool story, and such I was intrigued when I first uh, was put in contact with you, and uh, and thought oh, there must be a, a name, a, a story behind the name of the the business, and and there we go. So that's good to know. Excellent. Yes. And um, and do you work from home? 
I do. I do work from home. Um, so it's really lovely. It's, you know, it takes a while to kind of figure out that balance of when are you doing laundry and when are you working? But um, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the flexibility of just being at home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're one of my guests who fits into the criteria of, I bet you didn't grow up wanting to do what you do because it didn't really <laughs> exist when you were little. For sure, for sure. So, so tell me more about your journey and why you do what you do. Sure. So I was always um, creative and I was a drawler and went to school to be a designer. So I went to school to be a graphic designer. To I did a lot of topography and and web design because the web was um, was you know just kind of evolving and it was um, open source was was happening and so I learned how to do web design. And so my first couple of jobs out of college were at ad agencies doing all things marketing and design. But then back in 2010, my goodness, um, we I had we adopted our oldest two boys, and so they had just come home from Uganda, and I quit my job just to kind of stay at home and and have these two boys, you know, kind of adapt to our new home. And after a while, I missed. I missed work, I missed designing. So I started doing web design for women who were in a very similar position, women who had a career, but then maybe stayed home to be with their kids, and they were either spinning up um, a, a side hustle or, or starting their own business. So I was really passionate about working with women who were in the same life, kind of life stage that I was in. So I created, so I started doing web design for them and creating logos and it was really great except I, you know, these women were investing whatever money they had, which was not a lot, into a website because you, we just kind of thought if you have a beautiful website and you offer good services or good products, you're going to get sales and you are going to get customers. Well, that's not really true. And so after my third or fourth website where I felt so terrible because these women invested in me and we created this beautiful, you know, project together, but they were not getting they were not getting clients. They weren't fulfilling the investment really. So um, it was on my third or fourth one that I was really frustrated and I dug in to try to figure out where traffic comes from and why does it get there and um, it was at that point back in, gosh, 2012, 2013, where I really wanted to understand Google and the power behind it. Mm -hmm. So things have changed quite a lot since then, because I'm thinking yeah. about I started doing websites with clients in a previous business in probably 2000 seven eight nine so in the days when small businesses didn't realize they needed a website right so part of my job was convincing them uh, <laughs> and then uh it was you know helping them to to set them up um and so i think then search engine optimization actually was was fairly simple and i, I don't think fundamentally that's probably changed but um it you know it was a much quieter place online so it you know when you understood some of that stuff it was easier to be you know found um and that was before we had personalized search so you know there was one top space in you know in google for a particular search term and everyone was going for it but everyone wasn't you know such a vast quantity of people then obviously personalized search came along and then you know that changed the the the, the um 
landscape and then you know all the the various black and white updates you know panda and penguin mm. and any other black and white animals we can think of came through <laughs> and I think it changed it changed considerably in that period of time I went off and did other things and then I got like really sort of disinterested in all of this stuff and now I'm sort of getting much more interested again as my business has changed again and so you know has it changed fundamentally um or is it still fundamentally the same but there's the sort of the nuances to it um or is it just you know constantly changing that would you know discussed yeah you're yes 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 um, um the answer is yes to all of it so the fundamentals you know google google's job Google's big point in life is to provide the best answer for every search query. And they have competition. Some of the competition they actually own, like YouTube, but they do compete with YouTube and Pinterest. And so their job is to provide the very best answer for every search query. So in that sense, things have not changed. And the things that they look for are high value, high quality websites that are actually providing good, valuable information to the users. So in that sense, when Google, Google just wants to find the best answer in the best website, that has not changed from the beginning. How they determine what value and quality is does change. So the, there is truth behind that the algorithm updates and changes on a very frequent basis, but the foundation and the core of what Google is looking for doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And I guess that should be heartening to the average home-based cultural consultant because actually if you're providing valuable content relating to what you offer, uh, and your audience consistently, then you're doing the right thing, presumably. If you're, you know, some sort of fly-by-night dodgy internet marketer trying to game the system, then that's why those changes have been made on a constant basis to sort of stop that, as you say, less valuable content. Is is that fair to say? That is very fair to say. One thing that one mantra that I repeat over and over to my clients is good business is good SEO. SEO is a layer of your business it's a layer of your marketing and it isn't something that you can just put in the corner and do once or you know look at once a year it's really a part of how you communicate your message to your audience and so it leaks into everything from social media to blogging to you know just the way you present yourself online and if you mm -hmm. if you are honest if you are authentic if you do what you say then people will be people. Their your your users will come to your site. They'll spend time on it. They'll link to you. They'll refer other people to you, and they'll click on mo lots of pages on your website. So all of those are just quick, are important, but quick signals to Google that your website is good and you're high value. And it's really difficult to trick Google in all of those layers in social media and um backlinks and referring websites to you and and actually getting guest posts all of these like little things add up to a lot and it's really hard to fake that or black hat all of those aspects so it go it you're right it goes all back to if you're just doing good and being authentic your good business is going to lead to good seo whether you purpose for it to be or not Cool. So that's really reassuring for yeah. the average listener. So that's good. Um, so 
assuming that's in place, we've got a good business and we're sharing valuable content um, just naturally. What, what do you think home-based coaches and consultants should be doing? What, what's the sort of the, the next level to really focus on this stuff? That's a good question. One of the, I th- one of the first things that I ask, and it's honestly um, kind of a deeper question than then it can be a deeper question than you first take it as. And that's, what do you want to be known for? Who are you and what do you want to be found for? And I think really nailing down your, your, your statement, your niche, who you are can be tricky at certain parts of your business. But once you figure out who that who it is that you want to be found for, then I I encourage everybody to kind of dive into that. Make sure that you write about that often. You have you look at that topic from multiple angles. You link to those articles or products on your on your website in multiple areas, so it's easy for people to find your content and to to binge on it. I like our dream is like a Netflix binge on your content so that people spend time on your website, they fall in love with you and then they become a raving fan. Whether they become a customer or they refer you out to their friends, that's like the whole dream. So if you're just starting out, my recommendation is to figure out who you are and consistently write about it. Yeah. It's funny I've just uh, interviewed um somebody before you who I think will have been published the week before you as well thinking about it um who said exactly the same you know what what do you want people to love you for and um consistently Mm -hmm. delivering that so exactly the same message so spot on and that's without you having spoken to her (laughs) and she doesn't do what you do either she's a coach she doesn't do this at all so interesting that it's the same message from completely different business perspectives so um yeah really really interesting so so yeah so people figure out who they are they then uh, think about creating content um there there are some sort of you know hints and tips rules and regulations behind that as well isn't there i mean some of it happens naturally because you're creating the right content for the thing that you're trying to be in the world sort of you know that you're presenting with but, but any sort of practical tips as well that that uh, would be useful to know absolutely and just a note about your previous person um you know google is a machine or robots but they they're they try to read websites like people do and so that a lot of the the recommend a lot of the big seo tips are honestly just to make it easier for users so i love that because um google has the when you're when you talk about SEO and when you're an SEO, there's all of these like negative connotations and people kind of roll their eyes because it's so overwhelming. But what Google is really trying to do is be is to act like a human and and make websites or or give credit to websites who are very user friendly. So mm. I think that's a really neat that's a really neat side note, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, but yes, there are some things that you can do. Um, d- little tricks to help you be found better for what you are and it's all it's all kind of I don't want to say basic but pretty basic stuff and one of the one of the things that I I stress for people to understand is 
how Google crawls your site, once they actually arrive to your site, you know, the first thing that they look at is the title, the title of your website, and then also the title of your pages. And so that's one way. It's a very important way for Google to understand what your page and what your website is all about. So a practical tip is to write clear, non-quippy, but very, very understandable page titles. Like four or five, six years ago, it was really in vogue to have titles that were like, and then this happened, or the best part of my day, and they didn't, they weren't very descriptive as to what the page was about. And so my biggest practical tip is to be very clear about who, about what that page is all about. And then to make your blog post or your pages read like a newspaper. So have big call outs with keywords in them that are descriptive. Have a lot, have a couple of headlines in there so that Google and users can quickly scan the page and understand what that page is all about. So it's, it seems simple and it is, it's one of those things that's simple, but it's not overly easy when you create page after page after page to be so clear. Mm. It's almost that thing as well that people get all tied up in the, the technical mm -hmm. bit of it. I mean, you've just made it really clear. You've said, you know, Google's trying to be a real person and a real person would want to scan a page and very quickly work out what it's about and possibly read the detail but that isn't always top of mind in this busy world is it um right. and that absolutely makes sense and and yet if you start from a how do i you know make all the headlines work really well for <laughs> seo and all that sort of stuff then you end up writing a load of old rubbish really right. <laughs> That is exact. That is exactly right, and that is really like my mission is to uncover the um, uncover the 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 hood of SEO, if you will, and make it doable and feel relatable to people because you actually can do this. You know, Google. There's four billion Google searches a day, and there's several hundred thousand new pieces of content that are published every hour, and so Google is literally just scanning the, the internet and trying to figure out where to put all these new articles so that when somebody searches for it, they know where to go in their memory. Like if you can imagine a big, you know, a huge library, Google is trying to scan the, the new content and figure out where it goes within their library. And if you can make it easy for them by making clear headlines, you're that's literally 90% of it. There, there are technical things that, um, that SEOs to, that SEOs do like help with duplicate content and make sure that the sitemap and things like that are in place. But honestly, that's 10 to 15% of the whole SEO picture. The bulk of SEO is consistent writing, consistent telling people who you are, reaching out and having other people refer to your website, having people blog or, or create content on your website so that you're exposed to their audience because traffic begets traffic. The more traffic you get from any source, whether it's strictly organic or it's from other marketing measures, Google's going to, to see that your brand and your website is growing and people are liking you. So just 
because lots of people are coming to you and spending time on your site, that's a very clear signal to Google that you're providing value. So they will bump you up in the ranks for those reasons. So I've got a couple of specific questions and then I'm going to talk to you about how you do this stuff and we'll get into the sort of productivity organization bit. But um, so one of them is uh, I work with a national movement called Engage for Success, which is all around employee engagement. And as a movement, it's it's very resource um, bereft. (laughs) It's voluntary. And, uh, you know, we're we're doing as much as we can with very little. Um, We're we don't publish our own content very often um, on a regular basis because uh, we haven't got anyone to write it. We do big pieces, but we don't do regular stuff. We have lots and lots of people who want to guest post on our site because it's a well-trafficked site. And that's really what we do. We publish those guest posts. Some of them are absolutely excellent. Some of them I don't think are great. But right. we don't really quality control them either. What's the implication of, of organizations and, and people um, in their own business accepting guest posts that do, um, you know, that maybe are good quality or good enough quality, but then they link to other places and all that sort of stuff. Is, is it a good thing to do to create more content or is it actually detrimental? And you're going to say it depends on you. <laughs> well, you know, so everybody always wants to know, like one of the top questions that I always get is how much do I need to write and how long should my posts be? That's my second question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very tied into your first question, which um, which the I, flooding content, just putting content out there to put up content that was really popular a couple of years ago and it worked. But now Google literally is going for quality. They want to make sure that the content you're putting out there is valuable to users, that people are reading it, they're linking to it, and they are it's making people want to stay on your site. It is all about quality. So my recommendation is always if you can do one quality post a month versus four average quality a month, go for the go for the high quality one because people will more people will link to it, will share it, will talk about it online than not. So mm. If you're an established business and you you've been around for a year or more, then I vote quality over quantity. Now, to go back to your question, your first question about well, you're getting all these guest posts. I think that's fine. Um, I would try to quality control it by sticking with the higher value ones, and then I would also make those make the high quality ones really easy to find on your website. And one, make it easy for, for make it easy for them for users and for Google to find the high quality ones. And maybe let the lesser quality ones just kind of be difficult to find because we don't want them to represent you. And so I mean like in like on your blog page, maybe having a section of links that are most popular or most frequently read and you can hard code those into the blog post that you actually want people to read. And if yeah. they're a really good representative of you, make it easy for them to find. Mm, I love that. That's really great advice. Um, so you've, you've also made my personal day because um, I, <laughs> I told you I've um, got um, sort of gone away from a lot of the stuff I used to do and teach something else and uh, tried to convince myself that uh, it was much better to do le- less um, or fewer 
fewer posts that were better quality and longer and therefore I was only going to like blog once a month or twice a month or whatever um blah 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 that was just because I didn't want to do it but now yeah. you've given me reassurance yes <laughs> so I yes I am giving you permission absolutely brilliant thank you um yeah and that answered the sort of long short question as well um certainly for me I guess it's uh, it, it's what other people uh prefer for their style as well my short posts aren't I don't think very useful so I will I will cease those forthwith not that I've been doing yeah. any for ages eh? yeah do okay. make those into Instagram posts or Facebook posts but they don't need to be on your site yes yeah oh, I never thought about doing that with the social media yeah right. you can come again right <laughs> so, uh, so, so we've we've started with the you know the, the sort of detail of the SEO the, the, the what you do how do you do it so how do you work with people and what does what does that look like for you in terms of running your business oh that's a good question i typically work with clients who have been in business for a year or more so that they have this library of content that they've spent a lot of time and effort and oftentimes money creating but it's not necessarily doing anything for them like they feel like they're just you know throwing these articles out to the wind and they're not helping them so what I like to do is I typically work for, with people for one to three months. And the first thing I do is I go in and I do a complete audit of the site. I look at the content, how it's organized, how does it align with what they say they are and who they say they are. Because oftentimes people think they're constantly telling people who they are and what they do, but that's not really reflective in their content. So I, I audit all that and we kind of organize that into piles, if you will. And I also do a technical audit. I look at your site from Google's perspective. I make sure that the site is indexable, it's crawlable, there's not duplicate content, and there's nothing technically that's prohibiting your site from being crawled and indexed well. So once we do that and we fix any obvious high priority issues, then we really get down to the meat of the website of, who, who, who you are and how we're going to organize your content. You know, I'm working on a site now that has been blogging since like 2012. And they had, um, when I first got in there, they had over 50 categories in their blog posts. And honestly, when Google gets to this, when they go and they crawl your site and they see that you're, you have 50 or more categories, they think that you are, you know, good at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you might be good at, a, you might talk about a lot of things, but you're not an expert at anything. And so what we're doing is, is going through their content piece by piece and reorganizing it, making it so that they have no more than 10 categories. And so that when Google gets there and this person, this business happens to be a home remodeler, they can quickly see that they do bathrooms and kitchens and basements and they do whole home remodels. We just we just want to kind of narrow down the focus so that when Google looks at your categories and it sees that there's a lot of articles in each one, that you are an expert in those things. So from a practical standpoint, I often feel like I'm a business therapist because we really have to nail down the the site organization, what you what you con what you write about. Um, we if there's content that's not helpful or useful anymore, we'll we'll remove it and replace it with better content, or we'll update old content. Um, but honestly, 
like I had mentioned before, there's just a little bit of technical work and then there's a whole lot of content organization, aligning with your priorities, doing keyword research to make sure that the words that we're using are being searched for and there's not a lot of competition, but it's a lot of massaging the content that's already there. Mm. And how does that look in terms of working day for you? Do, do you have a particular way of shaping that day? Yeah, most of the time, yes. Um, you know, I try to be super, I try to be super, I have all these wonderful plans on how I'm going to structure my days and my weeks. And sometimes it works out brilliantly. And other times I, you know, you get that email that, that kind of curtails you. So most, so I like to do, um, I spend the morning, most mornings working on clients content, just getting through the details, aligning it, making it easy for the the business owner to understand where we're moving and what the point is. And then I typically spend my afternoons doing sales calls and follow-up calls with clients so that they understand they understand what we're doing and how to do it. Um, like I said, I typically work with, with people for about three three months. And after about three months, we can get them moving in the right direction. So it's really important to me that they, that my clients understand what to do moving forward and how to maintain and grow the SEO authority that we have gotten for them. So I spend mm -hmm. a lot of times working one-on-one -on -one with my clients so they get it. I hate the myth. There's a myth out there that SEO is expensive and you have to do it month after month after month. And if you don't, your traffic goes away. And honestly, once we get your technical stuff in line and you learn how Google reads your site, it, be it kind of becomes second nature for you to maintain the authority that we've gotten for you. So it is my dream that we, we fix the problems, I get you set up properly, I train the client how to do it, and then they kind of fly away with all mm -hmm. of this SEO knowledge. Lovely. So quite sustainable then moving forwards. Yeah, that's my dream. I don't want people to feel obligated to have to pay an SEO month after month when it's necessary if you don't have people on your team to help you with the content if you're if you're really small. Um, I certainly do monthly contracts for people who don't have people on who don't have people in house to help them, but I don't mm. want them to feel like it's an obligation for the rest of their lives. Mm. And what sort of technology tools and apps do you use to run your business and, and make sure that you are doing the things you need to do? Sure. Well, one of the first things I do is Google. Like, I think Google is <laughs> really helpful. So if somebody says they want to be found for, you know, cat kitchen remodels, well, I could just go and Google and see who the competition is and what are they writing about and what are the, what is they what are they getting found for? So Google is by far my most used tool. Um, but then I also use a great tool called SEM Rush. It stands for Search Engine Marketing Rush. And it is um, really for SEOs because it is really detailed in reporting and in how Google looks at your site. It tells you which keywords you're being found for, where you're getting backlinks from. And it just gives you a whole bunch of really detailed, actionable insights into your business and the other businesses in your, you know, in your in your vertical. So mm. that's 
And Google, I use SEMrush. I have this wonderful crawl tool that's called Screaming Frog. And it basically will just crawl your site and give me all of the webs, all of the pages on your site, the ones that you you remember that are linked to and then lots of ones that are hanging out but google is spending time crawling and so that's one of the an essential tool to kind of figure out what's on your site what's it telling google and then we can work on rearranging it mm -hmm. wow very technical a great name though <laughs> Screaming frog. I like that. yeah that's right how do they come up with these things? I, I really don't know. <laughs> the sort of the sort of knowing what you need to do thing. How do you manage your task list if you have one? I do have a task list, and so, like I said at the beginning of the week, I I plan out what I'm going to do every single day, who I'm talking to. I try not to do too many last minute things because I really like to have my day structured because, you know, the kids got home at three o'clock and I really want to kind of be wrapped up by then. Um, so I, I have a very specific list. And so like the, I have my clients expect, I have everybody kind of set up on a timeline so they can expect, you know, I have a whole handful of clients that expect to receive the reports and their updates on the second week of every month. And so I am in a, I keep everybody on a tight schedule, which then keeps me on a tight schedule because I hate to be late or um, to miss expectations. So I set everybody up with when you can expect things and then I backtrack my calendar to match that. Mm. I've just been writing a, an article um, about accountability and uh, part of, of that is that whole thing about, you know, you can have your own um accountability where you know you're you know that you're responsible for something and that that the result of whatever that is is your you know is up to you as well but mm -hmm. actually sometimes it's about creating that external accountability so people are expecting something isn't it and then that is your major incentive to get it done because it's not just personal um sort of commitment and satisfaction it's the fact that somebody's going to realize you didn't do what you said you were going to <laughs> right Right. And, you know, it's ironic that I work with Google and um, I, I work with Google and most of my client, um, I do get clients who just Google me and find me, but most of my clients come from referrals. So it is really important. You know, it's really like I, I'm so bought into the whole to the everything we've talked about. I really want to be authentic. I want to be I don't I don't like the snake oil negative connotation that a lot of SEOs have. And so my my goal and my passion is to be as authentic and upfront and honest as I possibly can. And that goes to, that that applies to teaching people about LCO, but then also how you run your business. So I mm. really seriously, cause I want, I want to be who I say I am. And I want to, I want people to value that. And then the people that do, they often refer me. And honestly, that's how I get most of my clients. Even mm -hmm. though I tell people that they should get their clients from Google, most of the time I get them from referrals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at the beginning, you talked about starting in business because you were at home with the children and mm -hmm. you were working with people in a similar position, also working at home with the children. And that's, you know, sort of, um, you said 2010, I think, didn't you? So that's, you know, um, nine years ago. I couldn't add it up then. I know. It, well, it, it does seem like it went by in a blink. <laughs> how 
how has that changed? You know, you say you like to wrap up by three o'clock when the children get home from school and so on. Has that always been the case that you've been able to fit that in, um, you know, to your life as well? And obviously you've got the dog to walk and you've got your husband you talked about. Um, has that changed? Has that evolved over the time? Well, you know, yes. And I, my dream is to be done by three most days, but then there are some times, you know, I have clients who are all over the world. So I do talk to people at, at odd hours just to make sure everybody's feeling good and comfortable. Um, and sometimes I work a couple of hours in the evening, but I try not to, um, you know, that there's this word that I really hate. It's like a curse word to me, but it's called balance. And um, I don't know if you can ever really be fully balanced with, especially as a, a woman and a mom and a wife and you and a, an entrepreneur. There's so many things to do, and sometimes I'm, I'm I spend more time focusing on my business, and sometimes I spend more time focusing on the kids, and sometimes I just spend more time focusing on me to mm. get me in a in a well good mindset. So. I have never actually been in balance, but I think sometimes I, I tip in all of these, you know, the various aspects of your life. So mm -hmm. to kind of answer your questions, it's like a big, it's a big evolution. And you, I, I'm constantly like stating these said and unsaid expectations that I feel like people have on me or I have on myself. And it's like, how important is that? And are people really believing that? And so I spend a whole lot of time like internally questioning, um, you know, why and how I'm doing things for, for everybody <laughs> in all yeah. aspects of my life. Right. And so, yeah. um, so it's an evolution. I'm always, I, I don't, want to be working all the time but at the same time I'm really passionate about what I do I feel very humbled and fortunate to be able to help other people who are in a similar position as me make their business work smarter and better for them like if they can be found by Google then they don't have to spend so much time spending money on ads or chasing likes and follows on social media so I feel very I take it really personally and I feel very passionate about each client that I take on. Mm -hmm. And so that can drive me to work endless hours. But yes. then when I do that, I get really tired and cranky and I'm not I'm not the person I want to be. So trying to figure out when to stop all the things is really is really complicated. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And I, as you say, it's I, I I never use balance. I think that doesn't apply either. I think I, I've mentioned before that um, Mike Vardy, the productivityist, talks about changing gear and that, you know, you need to be in a different gear when you're driving a car for different circumstances, you know, going up a hill, going down a hill, overtaking whatever that might be. And that's the same in your life that you, exactly. you know, sometimes, as you've said, you need to focus more on the business, sometimes it's on the family, whatever that that might be. Um, but it is a constant sort of, uh, you know, you have all these sort of checks and balances in your head, don't you, as you say, as yeah. to, you know, is that the right thing to do? Should I have been doing this? And I think, again, I've said on the this show before that I, because I quite often arrange to do things to live more you know do the things I want to do like go singing or go off in my caravan or, or whatever I do a lot of the work I need to do in between times in downtime or on the train or um at funny times of the day and night and everything else to work for me but I I sometimes if I'm enjoying myself too much I feel like 
oh, you know, I've, I should be working or, or you know, <laughs> if I've got work and I'm thinking, oh, that's, you know, my emails have got a bit out, out of hand this week. I have to sort of rein myself in and say, well, that's because you did this, this and this and that's great. And your emails will be fine again tomorrow. So why are you worrying? Right. I, I, I have to talk myself out of worrying so much as well. Um, I'm in a mastermind group and we just sat down a, a little bit ago and talked about our fourth quarter goals and what are what are we looking forward to and honestly my goal is just to stay steady um and you know my i have bought i had in the past have bought into that lie that more is always better like more you know thinner more stuff more money more projects more more is you know yeah. why can why why have four when you can have 10 and my, I think as I as I mature and as I grow up, um, as I grow up and I'm already older, um, I realize that that is a lie, and that it's it's it makes sense to try to it makes sense in my brain to fill in all of the gaps that I have with more work because it would mean more clients and more money. But my dream is to not and just to enjoy. Yeah the fruits of the labor that I did for the first three quarters and kind of relax. And that I had to make it a goal so that other people would hold me accountable because it's really yeah. easy for me to slip into doing more and more and more. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, really good point that we do feel like, you know, we should do more. And I, I, I think a big part of um, this stuff in, in business is for us to be really self-aware. So really mm -hmm. aware of what we want and really aware of what we do to sort of sabotage that because we follow, I don't know, the herd or we mm. have bought into, as you say, this story that perhaps isn't true or whatever, um, and that our personality makes it that we feel like we should always be busy or we should always be helping people or, or whatever it is. And, you know, that self-awareness linked with that understanding of what we actually want and then connecting those two, i.e. do more of what you want and less of what you don't, is so yeah. key, isn't it? It is so key, you know, so much of that is is very similar, I think, to to SEO It's like you've got to be really self-aware of who you are and where you want to go. And then we mm -hmm. put the, the pieces in place. And a lot of time you already have all those pieces. We just need to re we just need to make some of those arrangements, internal arrangements. And they make a really big they make a really big difference in your life. And yeah. and yeah, in, in your life, just period. Mm -hmm. I agree. What about sort of learning and, and improving? And I guess particularly because you're in a in an ever changing sort of technical space. How do you mm -hmm. keep up to speed and, and, and know that you're doing, you know, what you need to be doing? Well, you know, I always go back to the metrics that matter, the things that Google really cares about that are always linked to your quality and your value. So I, I that's my my number one emphasis always. But then there's lots of blogs. There's lots of um, Twitter people who are, you know, all on every update that Google does. Google claims that they put they tweak their um their algorithm at least three to five times a day. So it's impossible to keep up with. It's impossible to go through and to keep into to to be smart on all of those things. So I read those, but I honestly I only pay attention to the ones that are kind of sticking around and that are in alignment with you know Google's core values because there have been there was like last early last spring they made a tweak to um uh, finance sites and some health sites 
and they Google said it wasn't working out, so they went and switched it back. So I try not to be super reactive, and I watch for the long haul because SEO is a marathon; it is not a sprint. So yeah, yeah. I read all of the articles, but then I, I don't I don't react to them, or at least I try not mm. to. Yeah, and no, that's a really good point. So, so last couple of questions. So, firstly, what about on those days where it all goes horribly wrong? All your best laid plans and everything don't quite work out. What do you do? How do you deal with that? Um, well, you know, I, it's a lot of good self, positive self-talk of very similar to what you were saying about your email. When there is days that you don't get to your email or you don't feel well, you know, it's like, hey, it's going to be okay. And because we've built up a level of trust with my with our clients, it's okay to say, hey, something hit the fan and I wasn't able to get to it, so I'm running a little bit late. Um, but the first part is reminding myself that that everything's gonna be okay and that I have a level of trust with clients. And if they get really upset about being a day or two here or there, um, then maybe they're not a great client for me because I really thrive on that level, deep level of trust and, and um, kind of commitment towards each other. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the self-talk of just reminding me of who I am and where I, wh what I've, what we've built so far. Um, and then I just, my answer is always just grace over grace over grace, give clients grace, give myself grace, give my kids grace. And sometimes you just need to sit on the couch and watch TV and let everything just wait for the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, that word grace is not one that I've heard for quite a while, actually, but it is so evocative of, of how you know how you need to be to to just accept <laughs> yeah just accept yeah, and give give people the benefit of the doubt that they're trying their best and they're doing we're, we're all do we're all doing the best that we can and mm. if you truly believe that about the people that are in your life and expect that and in and live in such a way that people will see that in you. It's like, I'm doing the best I can and I'm not trying to get one over on you and I'm not trying to sell you, um, you know, snake oil. Then that really goes a long way. There's that level yeah. of respect that um, I, I, I want in all parts of my life with my friends, with mm. my family, with my clients. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. And last question. So on those days where you get to live more and that's the bit where I say you get to do more of what you want to do and less mm -hmm. of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What does that day look like for you? Oh, such a great question. I I love running. I love to move. So definitely a, a hike or a trail run or being outside. Absolutely. Um, I also really like to bake bread. And so I love bread. I feel like bread is like the symbol of my life where you you work a little bit and then it needs to rest and then you work it a little bit and then you need to rest. And then at the end of it, you put it in this hot, hot fire and it is this beautiful, delicious, nourishing food that you can eat. Um, so I bake bread I, and I'm always... Yeah. I mean, what my next bread is, and it takes days to make bread. You have to, you know, with the starter and everything. So yeah. I really love this, the pace of bread being slow. And so I will be outside, I'll exercise, and I'll be planning my yeah. next bread. Yeah, I love that. That is the, the metaphor. And just, I'm just sort of like, I don't know, relaxing in my chair, thinking, oh, 
spread the whole process just you know like your light love it yeah it makes me so happy <laughs> just need it and then let it sit in a bowl for a while and then you need it a little bit more and it's like gosh that's totally how i live I work a little yeah. bit and take a break and you work a little bit and then you take a break and at the end you have this wonderful thing that you get to eat <laughs> yeah brilliant so i'm, I'm gonna go and plan my bread too yes so, so Megan, it's been great talking to you tell people how they can connect with you and find out more about you oh that's great well I spend a lot of time on Instagram stories um, and, and Instagram my Instagram is at clapping dog media and my website is clapping dog media as well clappingdogmedia.com and I do have a really helpful free easy um, SEO audit that you can do you just type in your URL on my website and it spits back a really helpful and detailed um, audit of your site. So if you have no idea how you're doing from an SEO perspective, I would encourage you just to go check that out. It's right on my homepage. So yeah, and that's the best way to find me at Cloud Me Dog Media. Brilliant, thank you. And that's really valuable for listeners. So thanks a lot, Megan. Really, as I say, really great talking to you today. You're welcome, thank you. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 140, then you'll find the notes there. So this week, firstly, I want to ask how you get, got on with your annual review, if you did it. If you remember last week, I talked about the review that I borrowed from Tim Ferriss of the 4-Hour Work Week fame, where you basically go back over your previous year with a column of positive and negative and you go through each of the things that you did across each of the weeks of the year and list them in the positive or negative column as appropriate and then you just review what things are in each of those columns and work out whether you can add in schedule more of the positives so see more of the people that you want to see do more of the things that you want to do for this coming year and try and reduce some of the things that were in the negative column last year so that you don't do them or you perhaps maybe have fewer times where you see the people that appear in that negative column or you don't do some of the things that are in there because you know that, that they're not good for you and they, they're not uh, what you want to be doing because they're obviously not in the positive column. So firstly, did you do that? How did you get on? I did it. I was really pleased to see that most of my activity appeared in the positive column and the things that were in the negative are uh, areas of my life, things in my life that I know I need to do some work on and I'm currently working on anyway. And there were only about three of those. So that was really cool. And secondly, the other thing I did this week is we had a get it done session in the Power to Live More Calm membership site. And that's where we get together on a Zoom call, talk about what we're going to do for the next two hours, what we're going to focus on, and then go away and do some work. We normally do about 45 minutes and then we come back together and share our progress so far and, and talk about what we're going to do for the remainder of the time. And then we go and do another hour or so to finish that two-hour period of focus and uh, we had some really good success in there this time we had uh, somebody who cleared her bureau so that uh, it now is neat and tidy and closes properly uh, somebody else was editing her podcast and I decided to do my or at least kick off a content plan for this year and I just thought I'd talk about it briefly on here it's not something that I've particularly done in the past I'm, I'm a bit more spontaneous I don't really like to have lots of things laid down uh, or so I thought but I've been thinking recently that actually 
it's much easier to take action and get on and do things if you already have that plan in place. So you sort of create a vacuum of activity by having something that needs to be done um, or already planned out, if you like. And then you can more easily sort of fill the gap by doing whatever it is. So I decided to do a content plan for this year and theme each of my months and then think about the types of content that I was going to create or I am going to create and think about some themes, topics and some titles. And I've put it all into a spreadsheet on Google and I have so far just planned out the first couple of months. I've got the themes for each of the months, but in terms of the weekly uh, themes and topics, I've actually just done the first two months because it took quite a lot of time to sort of really think how I was going to do it and and so on. So um, it's there. And the idea now is that because I know what I need to write on each week for my blog, that should make it easier because I know what I want to um, talk about for the month anything that I'm sharing on my social media or when I'm thinking about my monthly webinar and so on is easier to do because I already have the sort of first bit of it done which is you know what the 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 theme is and then working out the detail from there is easier than starting afresh if you like each time so if you don't already have a content plan why not have a think about putting one together as I said what I've done is I've done a, a monthly theme and then I've done a weekly uh, plan for the types of content that I want to create and within that monthly theme which particular specific topic I'm going to cover and uh, and that's about as far as I'm going I'm not getting too granular with it because I know that I'll feel hemmed in if you like <laughs> if I do too much planning but the idea is to do the planning so that I don't have to spend too much time thinking each week I can just get on and do the work that I need to do in order to create the content and get that live so why not have a look at your content plan for this week as something to do moving forwards into the new year? You may also remember last week I, at the very last minute, promoted a webinar that I ran on Monday and that's available on the website for another few days if you're interested in watching it and you haven't already. If you go to my website, you can just use the latest learning link on the menu at the top or you can just go to powertolivemore.com forward slash webinar and that will take you either to the webinar that I've done for the month or if that's gone and gone because it's gone into the membership site then you'll find a sign up form for next month's web webinar and obviously now I've done my content plan I can tell you that next month's theme is around systemization so my um second fundamental and I'm going to be talking on next month's webinar about automation so if you'd like to sign up for that you can go to as I said powertolimore.com forward slash webinar and you'll see the existing webinar there and the easiest thing to do is probably download the checklist that's available there too which is the five fundamentals checklist and that'll automatically add you to my mailing list and then I'll tell you more about the next webinar when it's due and you'll obviously hear about it on here as well if that's not something that you want to do and finally I don't know if you're aware when I talked about my membership site power to live more calm that actually there's a free set of courses on there that you can get access to even if you're not a member of the full site and they're really good for the new year if you're thinking about planning and thinking about what you're doing within your life and your business then it might be worth signing up and working your way through those courses so the courses that are available are how to declutter your life 
having fun with vision boards. So if you want to do some planning around a vision for the future, there's a course that can help you to take you through that process. There's another one which is about your best 12 months ever. So again, if you're thinking about planning for this year then and you haven't done that yet, then that course can help to guide you through that process. And another one about how to start to simplify your life. So this month's focus for me has been simplify which is my first fundamental and that's very much about getting really clear about what you want and what you don't want and aligning your activity your life your business with the stuff that you want and trying to reduce the stuff that you don't want and some of that will come up in that course as I say which is how to start to simplify your life and then there's also one called your money plan which is one that's been kindly contributed by a local business friend of mine Amanda Holges and it's all about working out how much money you need to do the things that you want to do and how you then sort of plan back from that to work out how you need to run your business and your life accordingly so that you can achieve what you need to for your money plan and then finally the other course that's available is about how to declutter your life so some step-by-step instructions to uh, decluttering which might be something that you're doing again because it's the new year so if you're interested in one or more of those courses as I say they are free all you need to do is go to powertolivemorecalm.com so it's a different url to usual powertolivemorecalm.com and then at the top it says join power to live more calm and if you click on that one of the options on there is learning how to simplify your life and the the price says free and then you just click select and then you can sign up in there and that'll take you into my membership site and just give you access to those courses that I've just mentioned and as I say it might be a good time to do that you can do that any time of the year but it might be a good time now if you're still thinking about planning for the remainder of 2020. Again the show notes for this show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 140 and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.